The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, October 18th, 2021. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you Hello everybody and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz and I'm your host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Elaine. What a beautiful day it is, and we had a little bit of rain here in Sonoma County, which is really, really exciting. I have a great show this morning. Joining me on the phone uh, is Sandy Rapp. Sandy Rapp is a songwriter and activist and author of God's Country, A Case Against Theocracy, the Howard Press, 1991. <coughs> Excuse me. Her best-known songs are Remember Rose, a song for choice about the first backstreet abortion fatality of the 1970s. Seven Medicaid abortion cutoff. <coughs> Excuse me. Features a, a guest vocal by the late Bella Asberg. And ev- another song she made, which I thought was just incredible, was "Everyone Was at Stonewall," a gay history written for police sensitivity training, which won Stonewall Society's Pride Song of 2020, 2004. Amazing, amazing woman. I'm really excited to have her on the program. Uh, she's a, a longtime activist, and we're going to we're going to talk about many interesting things, particularly uh, about the uh, Stonewall. Uh, issue that happened. It was called the Stonewall Rebellion that happened, and I am really interested in hearing some of that history. Well, today is my grandson's birthday. Ryan Irwin Jensen, uh, who is about to become a father for the second time. Happy birthday, Ryan. Uh, We love you dearly and wish you always the best life has to offer. Actually, it was uh, Ryan who actually inspired the Women's uh, Spaces Pledge, and it's amazing. to be- It's hard to believe that he's going to be 33, and also he's going to be a father for the second time. It's just uh, just amazing. And also, um, a shout-out to uh, Millie and Milo uh, Munson and their wonderful, wonderful fundraiser for the Monte Rio uh, Skateboard uh, Park. I want to thank everybody who came out and uh, and contributed to their uh, to their uh, fundraiser and I could not believe it but 300 young people showed up really excited about this new park and some of the things that are going on in it so congratulations to Milo and Millie Munson for doing such a great job I feel that I, I was really involved with it I felt like I mentored them and also you know the children are our future and when young people like this get involved in the project and take it from beginning to end. It really helps them to understand how to organize the value of organization and the value of learning how to do uh, public relations and marketing. Just an amazing and amazing experience for these young people. So congratulations and again, thank you for all the people that showed up on Sunday. 
Well, October 18th, that's today. There are many, many birthdays. Amazing, amazing that Ryan's birthday fell on October 18th when some of, so many of these marvelous women, uh, have made history. You know, like we do every, every Monday, our history is our strength. Well, in October 18th, 1889, and she made her transition in 1968, was Fanny Hurst, author, and she wrote 17 novels and nine volumes of short stories over 50 years, left approximately, listen to this, left approximately $1 million each to Brandeis and Washington universities for professional scholarships in creative literature. Amazing what that woman did. Fanny Hurst, happy Happy birthday. And like I said, she made her transition in 1968. And then October 18th, 1890. This is another woman that's really fascinating to me. And she made her transition in 1986 was Pauline Newman. She was a labor leader who immigrated from Lithuania. In 1901, aided uprising of over 20,000 in New York, hailed by the Coalition of Labor Union Women as the foremother of the liberation movement. Amazing that she was able to organize 20,000 women in the labor movement. It's... uh, (laughs) It's amazing what some of these women would would do. And she was born in 1890, even before women got the vote. And she was doing these marvelous things. Well, there's another woman that I feel is extremely worth uh, mentioning, too. And that is, she was also born in October 18th, uh, 1951. And she's she's still alive. And that's Terry McMillan, the author of 13 novels, including her first, Mama, in 1987, and the most popular, Popular waiting to exhale in 1982, excuse me, 1992. And I remember, I remember as if it were yesterday, uh, seeing that movie, uh, Waiting to Exhale was just an excellent movie and really gave you some insight into some of the issues around, uh, what, uh, African American women have. And then my last birthday that I'm going to talk about, and this person was born October 18th. My goodness, Ryan, you have a popular birthday here. October 18th. 1956, and she's still alive, and that was Martina Navalona. Uh, she was a tennis champion, nine-time, nine-time Wimbledon single winner. Amazing. I mean, at one time, you know, women weren't even in sports. So for her to achieve this is is really a, a huge, huge. We don't realize, we don't realize that these women, they were they really were trailblazers, you know. With the, uh, Martina, it was. I remember. I remember when I first heard. It used to be. It was on the radio, of course. We didn't have television back then that were doing sports the way they do it now. But I remember listening to that particular uh, one of her events <clears throat> in the over the radio. So happy birthday to all these women who made, who were trailblazers and who created the road for many of us who are speaking out today. You know, we forget oftentimes of the shoulders that we're standing on. And that's what's going to be so exciting about talking with uh, Sandy Rapp to, to talk a little bit about our history, to talk a little bit about the, the not only the women's movement, but also with the lesbian movement that was happening at the time and all the different things that were, were taking place. I remember I went to I was at Sonoma State in 1973. It was amazing, the women's movement. I mean, it really brought me um, 
really, really brought me up quite a bit, taught me how to speak out, how to say what I needed to say, and also gave me a little bit more pride in being a woman and let me know that I had more choices than I even ever, ever comprehended in my earlier years. Well, before we take a a musical break, I do have a a condolences. My dear friend Reuben Scott, I want to send uh, condolences to Reuben Scott and to his family. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Reuben's uh, son, Reuben uh, Jemine Scott, uh, made his transition on um, September 13, uh, 2021. Uh, he was only 24 years old. Uh, very, very sad. Very sad to hear this. But my condolences go out to him. And he was a beautiful, beautiful young man. And his father was very, very proud of him. And I know how painful, I know how painful this is for the family. So special condolences to Reuben Scott's family, the passing of his son, Reuben Germain Scott. 24 years old. Oh, I'm telling you, there's nothing in my mind, nothing worse than losing a child. It's something I don't think anybody gets a hold of. And that's why each and every day it's so important that when we get up in the morning, we say thank you for another day. And when we go to sleep at night and everybody's safe and everybody's in their place, we have to say thank you again. You know, to appreciate all the gifts that life gives us, even, even the gift of... For 24 years, there was the gift that this young man was in their lives. It was still a gift, and it's it's hard to let go. And like I said, my condolences. I mean, as a mother, it just breaks my heart. Anyway, we are going to take a musical break, and I'm really, I really have discovered a whole litany of songs that Sandy Rapp has done. In fact, she's just uh, put out an album with, I think she has about 55 songs on it. If every, I can't believe what a prolific writer and songwriter she is. It's just amazing. So when we come back, um, the song I'm going to be pa- uh, play is called Remembering Rose, a song for choice sung by Sandy rap. This song is really timely as it sings about the horrors that women gone through prior to Roe versus Wade uh, being passed. Roe versus Wade, which passed in 1973, was a landmark decision of the United States Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restriction. You know, oftentimes, you know, I say this over and over. I'm not for abortion and I'm not against abortion, but I am definitely for choice. And also these back, you know, at one time women actually used to have what they called backdoor uh, abortions where you went to somebody and they oftentimes used a coat hanger. And it happened in my family personally to my aunt. My aunt had three children and at the time um, when she got pregnant, her husband was having a nervous breakdown and she could not conceive of of having another child. I mean, she could barely take care of the three that she had. And so she decided to have an abortion. And what happened was, of course, she asked me, I was kind of, I've always been a little bit on the edge of things, you know, find out about this and find out about that. And she asked me if I knew of anybody. And I did. I had a friend of mine who knew of a friend who knew of somebody else, you know, and we got all the information and we took my aunt and we were shocked at the place we went to. It was not very clear. 
clean. And we were actually very scared at the moment. My mother and I and my aunt were all together. My aunt was just trembling. And then the woman did the procedure and said, when, when we go home, she's going to abort. And so we said, fine, we go home. And all of a sudden, my aunt goes into what, what I would consider some sort of labor. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, the blood was all over the place. And we called the emergency. We didn't know what to do. They said they, when we, when we talked to the operator, she says, Oh, it sounds like an abortion. If you come down here, we're going to have to save the baby. And my aunt's screaming. My mother's trembling. And, and all of a sudden the baby aborts and we ran to the emergency room and we were lucky that my aunt survived. Let's put it that way. And I will never forget that as long as I live. In fact, when I think about it now, I just start crying. I think if I would have lost my aunt, who was actually my favorite aunt. And uh, it was a very, very traumatic thing. Of course, when abortions start coming up, I march for abortion. I walked with my daughter to show that, listen, I'm not against having children, but each woman has a right to her choice. And this song, Remembering Rose, is actually a song about a woman who did not make it from one of these backdoor abortions. So there's a lot to think about. You know, choice is very, very important. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand why there are all these men who are deciding as women that we do not have a right to have a choice, particularly in in Texas. I mean, it's stunning what's going on. And as women, we need to stand up. You know, you never know. You just never know when life is going to hit you and you have to do, all of a sudden you're in a position where you say, hey, I can't have this baby. And it's it's better, in my mind, to not have the baby when you do not want it. I mean, there's too many unwanted children out there. And also, I think it's about time we start looking at the, how we are caring for our children. You know, we need to have health care. We need to have better education for them. Look at the water. The water's poisoned in Michigan, another part of, of Michigan. How is that affecting these born fetuses? I mean, come on. We have to start looking at our children of the future, and we have to start investing in them and taking care of our infrastructures and a particularly, particularly our water. We can't live without water, folks. We cannot live without water, and you cannot make water artificially. You know, you're not going to come up with all of a sudden something, you know, a substitute for water. Please, it's not going to happen. So we have to start looking at these things and start speaking out. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and play uh, Remembering Rose, a song by uh, Sandy Rapp. And when we come back, we will be talking to Sandy Rapp, who is a songwriter, activist, and author of God's Country, A Case Against Theocracy. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play that song and get Sandy on the phone. Rosie Jimenez Found it turned up dead So the paper said In Texas Found it turned up dead After Medicaid Restrictions took her choice away Televangelists And the politics Made Jenny Jimenez An orphan Praying in the light Bombing in the night They wave their roses red But roses dead 
Get your laws off me I'm not your property Don't plan my family I'll plan my own I don't want to be In your theocracy Remember liberty Remember rose By the way of roads And the ones that went before her Unless of course is set Present and direct Because the chill wind blows and Rose is dead Get your laws off me I'm not your property Don't plan my fan goodness how much clearer can it be i'm not your property don't plan my family oh wow well for you just joining us i want to welcome back you are listening to women's faces and i'm your host elaine b holtz and for you just joining us i want to remind my listeners that the expectations the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome, Black. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Sandy Rapp, songwriter and activist. Welcome, Sandy. Welcome to Women's Spaces. 
Hi, Elaine. Good to hear your voice. Good to hear your voice. I am so excited about having you on. I can't stand it. And I'll tell you something. That song, I'm listening to it for the first time with my headphones on. I mean, I've listened to it several (laughs) times. But when I heard it with the headphones, I'm telling you, that makes the statement that we all need to hear. I hope so. I'm not your property. I love that. So if yeah. it's if it's okay, can I tell uh, my listeners just a little bit about you? Sure. Well, Sandy Rapp is a songwriter, an activist, and author of God's Country, A, Ga- a Case Against Theocracy, uh, printed by the ha- uh, Hawthorne Press in 1991. Her best-known songs are Remember Rose, a song for choice, uh, <clears throat> about the first backstreet abortion uh, fatality of the 1997 Medicaid abortion cutoff. Uh, and also she has written a song called Everyone Was at Stonewall, which is the Stonewall uh, Rebellion and is a gay history written for police. I couldn't believe this when I wrote or uh, found this out, Sandy. Police sensitivity trained, training. Yes, that's what I've done. I've done that. <laughs> that's amazing, which won her the Stonewall Society Pride Song of 2004. Rap was instrumental in the passage of a number of gay civil rights laws on Long Island, New York. Her, C- her CDs include We the People, Flag, and the Rainbow, Still marching and salute to the veteran feminist. In 2006, uh, Rap received two Out Music Award nominations and served as the Grand Marshal of the Long Island Pride Parade. Rap uh, premiere of Rise Up Ye Women at the New York Law School was uh, toasted in the New Yorker in, 19, in 2006 and in 2010, Rap won Stonewell Society's Pride in the Arts Lifetime Achievement Music Award. And that's what, not even one-tenth of your resume. So how would you like to add anything else, Sandy? No, 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 that's quite enough, quite enough, quite enough. Well, you know, you have a great bio, and you have, you've done many, many things. Is there anything else, nothing else you'd like to add? So let's start off by talking about how you got involved in the women's movement and what was going on at the time that inspired you to write the songs and become involved. Okay, well, it's Reagan's fault. Do you remember in 79, Reagan was running, he had been a Democrat, and, and, and in the 60s he became a Republican, and he, he supported Goldwater. Now, Goldwater was conservative running for president, but Goldwater was good on the social issues. He was pro-gay, he was pro-choice, his wife founded Planned Parenthood of Arizona. At any rate, Reagan signed on to something called the Family Protection Act, which was a child of Senator Paul Laxalt. And that was anti-gay, anti-woman, anti-choice, a whole bunch of other stuff committed to appointing Supreme Court justices to overturn Roe, and they're still doing it. They're still on this 1979 program. And so the instead of a Democrat, now Reagan was a Republican. He turned into this theocrat. The theocrats got a hold of the Republican Party. And I woke up. I thought, my, I should start writing letters or doing something. Now, I was still just, I was, a, I was in the Hamptons doing music. Uh, I put, had the house band at a place called Darren's Cove. Just generic music. And I wasn't writing music yet, but I was writing letters and starting to attend conferences and things like that. That's how I started. Not with the songs, but just with going to conferences. And I had always been a musician, so the songs then followed. Amazing. Amazing. 
Well, <clears throat> at that time, you know, give us a little bit of history. Who were some of the feminists at that time were really uh, were really supporting you? And you know, I lived I lived in New York <clears throat> for a while actually for five years and actually from coming from California going to New York and living in Greenwich Village was when I first became aware of a lot of the lesbian movements and a lot of the different women's movements were happening and this was in 1958 so it was kind of it was a, an interesting an interesting time so what what were what were some of the feminists who were some of the feminists who were some of the people in the ideology well, there were many of them and I, all, I got them all into song eventually or most of them at least but like for instance instance, there was, first of all, there was the Civil Rights Movement. Now, the Civil Rights Movement kind of subsumed some of its women, but we had Rosa Parks and Coretta Scott King, and, and we had uh, very visible feminists in the, in the women's movement already. We had Betty Friedan and uh, Bella Abzug, who was a congresswoman. She was a friend of mine, and she was a powerhouse. Uh, I talk about those women in a song called Rise Up, You Women. I don't think you're playing that one, but they and others are in that. And then there was, uh, uh, I wrote the March about marching with Molly Yard, and she was a now president from 87 to 91. And that's about many of the people that were in charge of, of now and of Planned Parenthood, for example. Ellie Smeal, she was the president of now many times, two or three terms. Now she has an organization called Feminist uh, Majority, Feminist Majority. She's still very active. I think she runs Ms. Magazine now, too. And Molly Yard herself, who actually she started by working for Eleanor Roosevelt. She was uh, an advisor to Eleanor Roosevelt, but she became a president of now, a very powerful president of now. She had a big voice, and she, when she marched, you followed and then in that song, The March, we've got Whoopi Goldberg. She was part of the marches. And Patricia Ireland, she was a now president several times, very strong, and, and Betty Friedan. And, and then there, there are people that you, whose names you don't know, like my partner, Marilyn Fitterman. Now, I was just two days ago, and she has a book out called Why We Marched. She was president of now New York State, and she uh, was very... Uh, intent on keeping the First Amendment alive. There's sometimes conflict among feminists. They want things censored, some of them, that are unflattering to women and porn and things like that. And if you censor one thing, then you put all speech at risk. So our philosophy is that the answer to bad speech is more speech. So there's Marilyn Fetterman's in the song. Uh, there's a First Amendment song on uh, and then there was other people. There's there's a guy that was very important in the movement, Bill Baird, and he's still among us. And he uh, was responsible for a decision that was cited six times in Roe v. Wade. It's a, a the right to privacy decision for the right to birth control for single people, and that was called Baird v. Eisenstadt. The lyric goes, and the court decided twice. No. If the right to privacy means anything at all, it is to choose whether or not to bear a child. So wrote the court in 72 when Billy Baird's first case made birth control legal for singles in the USA. Now, many people today don't realize that birth control wasn't always legal. And it's important to keep this in mind, that as Roe is in danger as we speak, birth control can easily fall with it. 
amazing, you know, that it's very important that people know their history, know how hard it was for us to get. Because when I got birth control, my husband at that time had to give me permission. I mean, I had to get, it was, it was, it was stupid. Let's and you that. were married, so yes. that was the earliest. That was, uh, you know, the first decision. It's it's really incredible, and we do have to keep this. That's why I write the songs to keep them musically in in people's faces. This stuff can go back. It is going back. Huh? Well, you know, your song Rise, by the way, we had we had the first uh, women uh, district attorney here in Sonoma County who just survived a recall. And I had her on and, yeah. inter- and interviewed her. And before she came on, we played your song Rise Up. <laughs> so, oh, good. <laughs> now, so your your music lives, let me tell you. Very glad to hear it. Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to send you it because and she just, when, when we were playing it, I mean, you should have seen the smile on her face. Like she, she could just relate to the word because of what she had just gone through. So it was just... Oh, I'd love to hear the program. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. The, uh, the program. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the song. <laughs> anyway, the song uh, we played prior to your introduction again is Remember Rose, uh, a song for choice. Uh, you know, and I talked a little bit at the beginning about how I got involved when my, my aunt had a, a, a back, a back store, a back, uh, yard, I, how do they call it? A back, back door. Street. A back street abortion <laughs> and, and almost lost her life. Uh, okay. So, you know, that's, that's what kind of moved me. So talk about, talk about that song. What motivated you and what was happening at the time? And it sounds like this is part of your early act, activism. It really was. That was the first uh, real activist song I wrote. And it was, a friend of mine in college had had a very dangerous backstreet abortion, so I was familiar with the uh, with the goings on. And uh, have you ever do you remember Ellen Frankfurt? She was a feminist writer. She died in eighty seven, but she had written a book called Vaginal Politics, which was oh, yeah. really almost as important to, to reproductive rights as uh, was uh, Betty Friedan's uh, book to to the women's movement in general. She wrote it with Francis Kissling founder of uh, uh, Catholics for Free Choice. But Rosie, her book was called, Ellen Frankfurt's book was called Rosie, The Investigation of a Wrongful Death. And this was this woman that died because she couldn't get funded to get an abortion, and she died of a backstreet abortion. And that was the, I thought, this has to be in a song. For, for, before Ellen died, and Ellen suicided, she was, had a problem with depression. But at any rate, before Ellen died in 87, she handed me that book, and she said, you're going to need this. And I thought, okay. I didn't understand the importance of what she said and that she was going to die, but it stayed with me. And when I, I and it sort of all came together and hit me when I was, I was with a group called East End Women's Alliance, and we were having a program on choice and, and a, a program here in the Hamptons. And I thought, we need a song for this. So I wrote this song, and we started singing it at these rallies. I've sung it probably at 100 rallies. And as I said, I knew Bella Abzug, who I, who, a wonderful progressive congresswoman. She, she wasn't in Congress by then. She was doing international stuff by then. But I said, Bella, I've done this song, and I know you sing. I'd like you to do just a little guest vocal. She said, okay. And I brought her into the studio, Bella Abzug. She's known for a big voice and big hats. And when she sings, she sounds like Marlena Dietrich. She actually used to do Dietrich imitations. Oh, Lincoln, love. So 
that wouldn't work for this record. I said, Bella, you're going to have to just holler. You're not going to have to. You just talk. Don't sing this. <laughs> and so she has, you heard this voice, this yeah. spoken voice. That's Bella. Oh and uh, so I was just very honored that she she did that. With well, me. I never knew she was a singer. I mean, you know. Well, she did a song here in uh, Leslie. Do you know the singer named Leslie Gore? Right. Yeah, she was an activist too. Leslie's not with us anymore either. But here in in the Hamptons in Guild Hall, Leslie had heard had been at these events where I was playing guitar and uh, and and Bella was singing doing these <laughs> Dietrich. So. Uh, Leslie did a concert here and put Bella, uh, put Bella on stage in a tux doing a Dietrich. <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah, amazing! Yeah. I wish I would have been there. I mean, it was it was quite glorious. It really was. I can send you a picture. I think I have a picture of that. I would love. But at it. any rate, that's uh, she. She was gay, and and now this song, I still sing it. Yeah, I, the last time I sang it was a week ago at a rally in Port Jefferson Station. What are we doing? We're still doing a rally for choice. So I'm still singing Remember Rose. It's got a good chorus that everyone joins in on. I played the 2004 March for Women's Lives. And don't let anyone tell you there weren't a million of us there. There were a million. We were backed up. We were backed up off the mall. And when I, was I sang there. Remember Rose... I don't think we, everybody everybody sang it. I guess it's just easy to pick up the chorus. I don't think they all knew Remember Rose, but at any rate, there was a lot of people singing Remember Rose at the 2004 March. I was there. Were you there? Bless your heart. <laughs> that was the biggest, I'll tell you, that was the biggest protest I'd ever been at, that it number one. And, and I'll never forget with, with Code Pink, with the, I, do you remember the, the yeah. peace symbol, the pink peace uh, symbol? I have a picture of me and my friend uh, Susan Lamont in that picture. Oh, well, that's wonderful. I'll, I'll have to Bless send it, I'll have to send it to you. Well, listen, we're going to take a, we're going to take a musical break and I hope that's okay. You'll stay with me and I want to play the march. I think, okay, I think I think the march is excellent, and I'd love you to talk about it. So we're going to take a musical break, folks, and uh, when we return, I will be c- continue my conversation. I am so excited to have her on, Sandy Rapp, who has been a, a she's a longtime activist. I would say in years, we probably would compare our years together. I mean, we're almost the same age. Yes, <laughs> actually. we are. Yeah, we've been around a while. <laughs> so we've been around a while, and I, I really, the song is, is really, we'll talk a little bit about when we come back so let's go ahead let's go ahead ken and play the march okay i had the strangest sleep visions that would not keep Showed me a band of stalwart commanders made They strode on a one-way track And knew they would not go back Such was the theme of this libertine parade was in the lead She rode on a purple steed Whoopi was there with dreads in her hair and flags Patricia was in command So matters were well in hand 
Betty Friedan advanced with a big brass band And we were marching with Malia Over the hills we trust Now is a voice that's shouting for choice We are Red, white and lavender and black And we will not go back Ever and onward Marching with Malaya Bay Waddleton and Kim Gandy Join Terry O'Neill on C-SPAN And we, we march to the clinic at dawn But the men of God were gone Though we searched high and low From Kansas to Buffalo In Wichita And were said to have fled to Oz Where the little lost lambs are Ran down the yellow brick road the Lord came so And we were marching with Molly Yard Over the hills we trust Now is a voice that's shouting For choice we are Red, white, and lavender, and black And we will not go back Ever and onward Marching with Malaysia for Rose and Becky Bell And George Artiller and Clara Duval And after the march was through A spaceship came into view Banners are hoist and flashing For choice they flew And what was this airborne team This UFO that would be free Galaxies for choice were beaming for liberty And we were marching with Malayar we trust Now is a voice that's shouting for choice We all Six, seven, eight There's bells in your face Red, white, lavender and black And we will not go back Ever and onward Marching with Malaya will not go back we will not go back i love that and i also whoopee That's one of the now slogans oh we, uh, we, will, we will not go back and and there's another slogan in there six seven eight fierce feminists in your face these are right from the streets as you know <laughs> you were, you're at the marches too well by the way just to let you know um i was also president of the national organization for women the sonoma county chapter for five years and really wow yeah it really was an adventure well what Welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And with me on the phone is one of my favorite songwriters and song <laughs> that I can present is Sandy Rapp, who is an activist and a songwriter and just an all-around wonderful person. Well, let's continue. You know, Sandy, one of the things, one of the things that was very, very interesting as I read your, uh, your bio, 
that you were you were at the time of the Stonewall uh, Rebellion. Uh, and and I really think I really think it's really important. Uh, let me tell the folks just a little bit about what the Stonewall Rebellion was. Sure. It's, al- it's also called the Stonewall Rising. It began in the early hours of June 28, 1969, when New York City police raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay club located in Greenwich Village in New York City. The raid sparked an, a riot among uh, bar patrons and neighborhood residents as the police hall employees and patrons out of the bar. Oh, horrible sounds. Leading to six days of protest and violent clashes with law enforcement outside the bar on Christopher Street in neighboring streets and and in nearby uh, Christopher Park. It served, the Stonewall Rebellion served as a catalyst for the gay rights movement in the United States and around the world. Talk about that time, Sandy. Talk about how this event opened the way for gay pride, the women's movement, and particularly the influence this, this event had on the lesbian movement. Because I know going to Sonoma State and being part of the, of the move, uh, being part of the movement, there was that struggle going on also. Okay, well, let's see. During Stonewall, I, I, I was in the city at the time, New York City. And I was working straight bars earlier in the evening, and then I'd go work a gay bar later at night, and I had two personalities, and I wasn't really out yet because I couldn't have gotten any high-paying work in straight bars if I were out. So I, was, I had this double life. I was like, I was at Shea Pat. It was, it was this lesbian bar in, in the Volney Hotel. They, I, how they could not know what it was so bizarre, but it was a very fancy hotel. Pat Smith was running this restaurant, and she'd always right in front of the door to the lobby. She'd put a straight couple, you know, I mean, a man and a woman. They weren't straight, but just so it looked. At any rate, all this was going on in the Volney Hotel, and and we were worried about things like the state liquor authority would come in and they'd try to close us so and and there were they didn't have a cabaret license so i was thinking i was strolling and playing the guitar i had to shut up and just play the guitar if we had anybody we didn't know the piano player had to do the same thing she had to, the genie burn she had to stop it this was going on one night late we were closing and the maitre d george had been off and he came in late we were closing and he said they raided the Stonewall. And Pat and I said, what else is new? They raided the Stonewall every couple of weeks. This time they fought back. They fought back. They fought back. That Those words, they really rang. They fought back. That was the start of the, the this movement. That was the start of the gay movement, gay lesbian. Now, lesbians were fairly invisible, which is why we all insisted on the term lesbian instead of just gay, instead of being subsumed, because the the gay movement was about to subsume its women, who were very much activists, as just as the civil rights movement had subsumed many of its women. So lesbian was a word for visibility. That's why it's there, L-G-B-T-I. Now it goes on indefinitely, I-T-T-I-L-E-G-B-T-T-I, something like that. At any rate, we that was... That was important, and and it started it started people thinking and looking for working towards laws, changing laws. Me myself, I got involved where I was later in the Hamptons, and I did a gay. I, I lobbied for a gay rights bill 
GLBT, we said it in, now it's LGBT, Bill in East Hampton, New York. And after we got that passed, it was just an amendment to their human rights charter. Then we did it on the county level, Suffolk County in Long Island, the Long Island. And we did a lesbian and gay civil rights bill there, and that made the papers. It was in Newsday. It went on forever, and it went on against the backdrop of the Pat Robertson for President campaign. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're now, kidding. Pat Robertson, for those who don't know, is a televangelist. I think he just <laughs> retired last week or something, but he, he was uh, very anti-gay, very, very conservative, and, and this sort of jolly-like face, and he was, oh, he at any rate, Pat Robertson. And his campaign people were, uh, they were in Pennsylvania campaigning for him, and busloads of them came to the Suffolk County, New York, way out on Long Island, the legislative building, and there were busloads of them. We could not get into this little office, this little community, the, 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 the center, the legislative center in Hopog, Long Island. It was it was crazy. They had signs that they had signs that says God hates there was a sign that said God hates orientation. It was a big poster. God hates orientation. And they they decided hate was not a godly word, so they crossed out God hate and they wrote condemns in lipstick under so they, did, they didn't even understand the word orientation. But at any rate, we fought them for for a number of weeks. They would be there, and we would be there arguing these things. And finally, we got the bill passed in, in Long Island. That's sort of what the main chapter of my book, God's Country, is about fighting these people and, and these ridiculous things they were saying. They said they're, sell, they're selling condos in the bathrooms, they said. They meant condoms. But they had written, they're selling condos in the back. At any rate, that was my experience. And Stonewall started it, and uh, I got into it in Long Island. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's so interesting when you, when you start looking at uh, what it was like. I re- remember when I got involved in the women's movement, and I started calling myself a feminist, I couldn't believe what the reaction in my family. You, yeah, think, yeah. you think it was a dirty word, and they said, oh, you're going to become a lesbian. I said, you know, I'm a woman. I, you know, I'm a human being. I'm a woman. You know, if a woman wants to be a lesbian, if she wants to be straight, if she wants to have kids, not have kids, whatever, it's her choice. Yeah. You know, who am I? Who am I? to judge and then when they come down with that god stuff hey wait a minute you know just wait a minute nobody really knows who god is or what god is i mean i believe in a creator whatever that is you know there's some magic that happens but to put judgment on people like that it's you just know, to amazing the dogma is really the opposite of what this country was founded in you know, this country was founded for freedom of religion and and to legislate their dogma is really quite uh, quite uh, anti anti-american but also when you start looking at some of what's going on in the churches with what's happening with children, you know, I mean, they're so, they're hypocrites. I mean, period. And I mean. Oh, and it couldn't be crazier now with some of them against, against, against the uh, vaccine with this virus going on. There's, there's an organization now called, uh, Stonewall, Stonewall Rebellion Veterans Association. It's run by, run by an activist named Wilson Henderson, who was actually at Stonewall. I wasn't at the Stonewall. I was at another gay bar when Stonewall happened. I wasn't at Stonewall. 
but he was there at Stonewall. And every year we don't have a plague. I play his, uh, he has a uh, Stonewall anniversary down, usually in the gay center. It's, it's in one of the churches the last couple of years. But at any rate, I play his, uh, his, his Stonewall anniversary every year. I go, go, I go sing. Everyone was at Stonewall at that time. So I'm still singing Stonewall. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we're going to take a short musical break. And, you know, the, the last song I want to play is yours is Where Were the Flowers? What what, mm. what what brought that to you? What was that? What was that song about? Oh, my God. This kid, Becky Bell, I met her father. He's at the at the marches. I think his name's Bill Bell. He's at the marches a lot. Uh, and, and her brother, this kid uh, was she could have got an abortion with her parents permission in indiana but she was afraid to tell them she was pregnant and she went to some uh, filthy backstreet abortionist and died the young kid i think she was 16 15 something like that i it, so this where were the flowers this was a the, the the songs of the 60s were still very strong in my mind so i used a lot of the references of you know blowing in the wind and where 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 have all the flowers gone? All those I use those references in the song, and that's what that's what where is this for the flowers about? They say life, they want control, they want your body and your mind and your soul. How many lives? How many roads till we take back the bread and the rose? Well, I'm the just going to symbol. We're coming very quickly to the end of the segment, so I'm just going to play a short portion of it, and then we'll come back, and then we'll have a wrap-up, and you can talk about your book a little bit and give us your website and all that other good information. So let's go ahead, Ken, and let's play a little bit of Where Were the Flowers, sung by Sandy Rapp. Where were the flowers? We all wanted to know We were the flower children Long time ago Someone took the flowers And went marching up the hill Now roses take many lives But flowers weren't meant to kill How many years we wondered Long time ago We was looking for the answers Where the four winds blow Most winds are friendly Flower children can tell A chill wind from Washington Took young Rebecca Bell They say life They want control They want your body And your mind And your soul How many lives How many roads Till we take back The bread and the rose Becky was a youngster Born in Indiana State Afraid to tell her parents Of a choice that she had made But the laws were written And the judges RTL So to a backstreet hack Went young Rebecca Bell 
life They want control They want your body and your mind and your soul How many lives, how many roads Till we take back the bread and the rose I have a hammer It belonged to Becky Bell She had a story Which now the angels tell So she writes it on the night wind And she sings it in your dreams We are the people And the children must be free They say life They want control They want your body and your mind and your soul How many lives, how many roads Till we take back the bread and the rose They say life, they want control They want your body and your mind and your soul How many lives, how many roads Till we take back the bread and the rose Sandy Rapp, you are a genius. So much. You are a genius. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and we're talking with Sandy Rapp, who is an activist, songwriter, and author. Well, Sandy, we're coming very quickly to the end of the segment, so what I would like you to do, talk a little bit about your book and anything else that you would like to say, you know, a little bit about what you feel about today's politics and then your website. Well, today is very scary. You know, remember Lost in Space, the television program, the ancient television program, where the robot waved its arms and yelled, Warning, 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 warning. Right. That's what we're in. Warning, warning. It's really scary right now. You know, God's Country, that's the book. That's about, oh, well, you know, Hardwick, Hardwick and Bowers, that Supreme Court decision, Hardwick, 1986. It, it upheld the criminalization of gay relations. So it was really, really scary until the Supreme Court reversed it in 2003 with Lawrence v. Texas. And 2015 with Obergefell, which legalized gay marriage. But this could all go back. It's all privacy rights. They're joined at the hips. It could all fall with Roe and with whatever's going to happen this year. You know, so we just constant vigilance. If you want my stuff, go to sandyrap.com. There are links to Amazon.com. You can get the book. You can get either one track or all 44 tracks of Horizon Song, which is the new album. It has a lot of the old stuff on it and some new stuff. And um, uh, that what else? What do we have any more time? Shall I babble or shall I? Are we finished? No, no. We have we have a few more minutes to talk. And you know the thing is that I think it's so so important when I listen to your songs and I listen to you is that I feel like I'm back there and I shouldn't be feeling that way. I should be moving forward. And so, like you said, women need to get involved. So really quickly, what is your website again? And any suggestions to women on how they can get involved? What are some of the things that they can do? SandyRapp.com. S-A-N-D-Y-R-A-P-P.com. And to get involved, I think join your now chapter. Uh, go to when there are demonstrations. Line up with Planned Parenthood has, has a lots of demonstrations. Go to these demonstrations. Be a warm body. Write letters to the editor. If you see something, say something. 
You know, just just make yourself known. Start small. Just do a little something. Do a little something. I think it was Gloria Steinman said, do one outrageous thing every day. Do something every day. You know, a little something every day. Well, I'm stealing. I'm stealing this from you. If you see something, say something. Good. I'm taking that. That's going to be a new motto that I have on my show. Okay, fine. Well, say something, say something. Good for you. That's not original with me. So. No, I'm taking it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Sandy, hey, Elaine, this has been great. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I hope you saw that. You see, one of the things about women's spaces, I like to play the whole song because of the, that the songs have a message. They have a story. And I'm you're, so glad you played the whole song. Uh, I'd much rather ha- hear that than me talking. Just <laughs> be sure and send me the links to all this so I can get it. I, I really want to hear your other show too. Oh, definitely. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on women's spaces well folks and i thank you for the bottom of my heart for being on women's spaces this is a great show good on you thank you well that's it folks a special thank you to sandy rapp who is a musician a songwriter and an author and a, a great historian i mean i learned so much today about the past and and, and so many reminders so many reminders a reminder tell your friends that women's spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m and you can listen to it again on KBBF 89.1 FM. Remember the children are our future and we must never lose sight of that. This is Elaine Beholtz and you've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening and check out Sandy Rapp. Check her out. Her songs are amazing and they are so timely and I love the March song. It's just amazing and that's what we have to do. We have to sing those songs when we march. Anyway, this is Elaine B. Holtz with Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to being with you the next time. The woman in your life is you. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, October 18th, 2021.